Hi, and welcome to the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. I'm your podcast host, Nermeen Dasani, and get ready because we are getting into my favorite ever episode of the year, and that's the look back episode. I started doing this last year and had a lot of fun with it, and I want to keep going with it. It's a really good opportunity to look back on all of the highs and the lows of 2022. And as I was sitting down and writing this episode, I started to remember all of the things that happened earlier this year that I completely forgot. For some reason, everything before June just feels hazy. And that's not just my COVID brain that's talking. It's really just that it feels so long ago and it feels like so much has happened since June. So as we get into this episode, I would love it if as I'm asking and as I'm answering these questions for myself, you take a second to answer these questions for yourself as well, because it'll be really interesting to see, you know, what your highs and lows were for this year and some of the things that maybe you forgot about. And boy, will I tell you, I've made a lot of mistakes this year, but all of those mistakes are going in the book as lessons learned for 2023. So without any delay, let's get into my first question for the look back. Question number one, what was your ultimate throwback moment of 2022? I will tell you for me, it was when in early June, I was doing the speaking engagement for a client and I had been in Buffalo. And while I was in Buffalo, I got the opportunity to go back to my law school. And going back into that hallway where like we all used to gather in between classes, sitting there, one, it was completely different. It didn't look like the same hallway. When I was there, it was just, you know, bathroom, classrooms, and then a table where, you know, bar members would be sitting or certain association members would be sitting. That's what I remember about it. And it felt dark and it was like, it was a dark space and I went back and it just felt so different. I think part of the reason it felt different is because I'm a little more than 10 years out of law school. I graduated in 2010, it's 2022. So going back after 12 years was like, wow, I can't believe that this is actually happening right now. So. It was an ultimate throwback moment for me. It felt weird sitting in that hallway and I didn't, I still didn't regret going to law school. Even though I don't actively practice now, I don't regret any moment that I had in law school. I don't regret my choice of law school. I don't regret anything about it, but it was just so eerie sitting there being 12 years older. And if you would have asked me in law school what I thought that experience would be, it would have been, oh, well, I'll be coming back because I'm a partner in a law firm on Wall Street and I'm here to recruit. That's what I would have thought in 2010. It would, I would have thought in 2009, 2008, 2007, like that's what I would have thought. When I went back, I didn't go back as a law firm partner. Rather, I went back as a law firm consultant who had just done a team engagement speaking event and uh, for a law firm uh, that, you know, started in Buffalo. So it's so surprising how life can sort of turn and sometimes it feels like you're just going in loops and it feels like a roller coaster but for me that was just 
maybe even one of my highlights for the year, but definitely an ultimate like throwback moment sitting in the hallway of my law school this year. Okay, so let's go on to question number two and definitely make sure that you answer that for yourself. What was your ultimate throwback moment for 2022? Okay, so this next question uh, hopefully shows you a little bit of my personality, but in 2022, I recorded the uh, podcast season on how to be productive. That's the most recent one that I did. And the question is, what's the silliest thing that happened to you this year? I will tell you that when I went back and watched those episodes, because sometimes I will spot check to, you know, learn from myself to see, uh, am I saying, uh, 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 so, uh, uh, too much, too many filler words. Like I just go back and I look. And as I was looking back on that season, my hair looked like it was crazy. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I, it looked normal when I was doing it that day. And then once it got on camera, it looked crazy. V, if you would please drop an image of that podcast, you will see what I'm talking about. So you see, I intentionally went ultra straight right now because my hair was so crazy for that season. I had no idea. And I just wish someone would have been like, you're mean, calm your hair down. And that didn't happen. And so I went on this entire season for videos that will live forever on the internet with like crazy big hair that looks like a bird's nest. And I oftentimes do lovingly call my hair bird's nest because that is what it feels like sometimes. And what's really interesting is that's not the first time that happened in 2022. So I was doing a photo shoot with a client and the videographer was taking uh, reels for Instagram to promote and all of that stuff that, you know, photographers have to do. And so as he's taking reels, he, you know, does it for the room and he's going through and then he tags me in it and I see the back of my hair. And I'm like, is that what the back of my hair really looks like? Oh my God, why has no one told me for all this time that this is what the back of my hair looks like? So listen, this will go into the next question, which is what was your most expensive splurge of this year? And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I splurged on the Dyson Airwrap, that $600 device just so I can keep my hair like looking calm in the front and in the back. Hopefully that shows in this video. If not, then I've wasted $600. But those are the two questions. What was your silliest moment this year? And what was your biggest splurge of this year? Uh, for me, the idea of spending $600 on a hair tool feels ridiculous. Like that's not where I would choose to spend my money. But after seeing my hair show up in this way multiple times, I was like, mm, you know, Maybe it's time to make a little bit of an investment here. So let's get on to question number four. What was your biggest time suck for 2022? Where did you find yourself spending time and it didn't really pay out in the way that you would have hoped? So if you listened to my uh, podcast episode from last year, uh, the look back episode, you know, I was in a networking group for about a year and a half. We'll never publicly disclose what it was. Uh, but when I was in that group, I went back and I did my 2022 full analytics. How many clients did I have? Who paid me what? How much did I make? What do I need to change for 2023? All of that came. And with that also includes 
where did these clients come from? What was the marketing that was done? And then for the clients that came from every avenue, whether it be YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, personal relationships, referrals, past clients, whatever that was, I looked at all of these things. And when I looked at this one marketing activity that was, I was doing, which was being part of this networking group, what I realized was I had spent a lot of time I'm going to give you the number here over a hundred hours in 2022, close to 12 to 15 hours every single month on this networking group. And when I actually looked at the time commitment and then the resulting relationships, clients, all of that, it just hit me so hard because I'm not the consultant who's going to not practice what I preach. I 100% practice what I preach. I do all my analytics. I look at everything. And I had known through the year that like, okay, maybe I'm spending a little too much time, but I knew that it was an experiment and I knew that, you know, it was either going to pay off or it wasn't. And I was going to ride it through the full length of the experiment. And when I did, I realized, okay, this was not worth my time and this was not worth my effort. And the sort of, reality that I don't share with a lot of people is I do have quite a bit of social anxiety being in zoom rooms, being on networking calls. Like that's a lot of energy for me personally. So given all of that, I realized that I was doing quite a disservice to myself because it wasn't just the time investment. It was the energy investment that went into it because usually after a call, I would need time to recover and I would need time to like get energized again and just all of it didn't work. So now for 2023, what I'm starting to see is that I will be focusing a lot more on different and more avenues rather than just, you know, dumping 120 hours into one platform. Because if I look at YouTube and Instagram and uh, Pinterest, you know, I spend combined, even with this podcast, I spend combined like 70 hours. It doesn't even get close to the 120 hours that I had spent. So going forward, you know, I'm not in any networking groups. I will not be joining any for 2023. My focus is really going to be on diversifying all of the time that I spent in that one networking group across other people. Now, what I will tell you is if you are thinking about joining a networking group, they're not bad. You just have to manage your time and your energy really well. I didn't do a good job of that. And you also have to make sure that you're meeting the right people. And sometimes I met people who I knew where it wasn't going to be any sort of business, but it was just nice meeting people because I am still social and I think I'm still nice enough to always want to meet new people and saying no to meeting new people is just really hard for me. So, you know, when the opportunity presents, I'm always like, hey, yeah, sure, let's meet. Um, but really it ends up being a conversation where someone else is like, well, you know, I do this for law firms and if you ever think of me, I mean, you know, it just became a sales pitch sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. I did genuinely meet some wonderful people. So it was a little hard to leave the group because I like people and I like some of those people, but just because I'm not in the group anymore doesn't mean I can't still have those relationships with them. So just something to keep in mind. But the question here is what was your biggest time suck for 2022? 
That was my biggest time suck for 2022. Okay, let's go on to the next question now. When you look at 2023, what are you most looking forward to and how will 2023 be different for you than 2022 was? So for me, business-wise, 2023 is going to be quite different. I have shared this with a few people, my clients all know, but I did get COVID and I got it at the end of the year. And part of the reason why I'm even sitting for this podcast episode today is because I'm still recovering. Um, my energy level is not where it used to be. My brain gets really foggy still where I'm looking for the word and the word's just not coming, but I know it's there, but I just don't know what the word is. And usually like three to four activities will tire me out. And honestly, it's closer to two activities will tire me out. So my energy level is just not back where it was. I don't have smell or taste still. So getting COVID at the end of the year really made me look at things differently in my business. And there are things that I keep talking about that I'm going to be do, and then I never find the time to do them because I'm, you know, doing 17 other things. And so my, my goal for 2023 is truly to focus more. And when I say focus, I mean, everything is going to be different in my business. So I'm only going to do, for example, like, and I don't know the final numbers yet, so please don't hold me to it, but I'm going to have limits on the number of things that I do every year. So I do automate your law firm, but I'm only going to do five of those in the year. I help you figure out what your fees should be, but I'm only going to do 10 of those in 2023. I don't want to overextend myself where I'm exhausted and, you know, not, and I'm doing a whole bunch of things without really just having the focus. So I'm limiting the number of things I'm doing to really help me get more focused. And another really big thing is I'm finally, and I've already started working on it, but I'm close to being done with the email template club which I've been talking about for, I know, quite a few seasons already. So Email Template Club will be coming out early next year. Um, and then I will also be releasing a few other digital products just so people who can't access me for one-on-one -on -one consulting can still have access to these other digital products. I did create the Zero to a Million, you know, How to Skill Your Law Firm book. However, I barely promoted it because I was so busy doing all these other things. I spent hours creating this beautiful, like brainchild of mine. And you know, what's sad is I haven't even had the chance to fully promote it yet. So 2023 is going to be very different business wise, more focus, less like busy work, more focused work. So that's going to be a big change and you're going to see a lot more digital products from me and a lot more you know, limitations on, you know, how people can access me. So, so there's that. And I do want you to ask yourself the same question too. What will you do differently in 2023? How will your business look different in 2023? So next question, what is something in 2022 that you did that you were not proud of for doing? So for me, a few weeks ago, I posted something on LinkedIn because I was talking to a colleague of mine and we were talking about how 
Being a parent, you spend most of your time trying to keep toys out of the house. Otherwise your house will become toy central. And you want your kids to focus on, you know, playing with certain toys. You also realize that the lifetime of toys is not forever. They'll play, play with it for three hours that afternoon and then they're done, they're over it. I've seen this with my nephew. I've seen this with, uh, you know, my friends who have kids. I mean, I see this time and time again. The parents are more excited about the toys and the kids get them and the kid goes to playing with like a box or a spoon or something really random that was already in the house that they didn't have to spend all this money and time and energy on. And so I created this post on LinkedIn that said right before, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I said, you know, PSA, it's toy buying season and uh, you know, please know that there's no ROI on toys, right? That's what the main post said. And then I added a whole bunch of stuff that said, buy toys, but please don't stress yourself out as a parent. Please know that, you know, if you buy your kid a book, you may not be the coolest parent, but your kid is gonna appreciate you in 10 years. And, you know, I had a whole kind of thing on this and someone from my network responded back, uh, I wouldn't say aggressively, but basically just said, I completely disagree. Here was my experience with my kids having toys. And, you know, I I don't agree in blah, 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 whatever the post said. I, I really didn't even read it in that much detail. And here's what I did. And I'm kind of ashamed to even say this. I deleted that post. I deleted that post on LinkedIn because I am traditionally not someone who likes like controversy on social channels. When I see people arguing on social channels, I'm like, this is so much drama. This is totally unnecessary. Why is this even here? Now, my whole purpose in sharing that, I get how internet works. Things can get misconstrued, yada, yada, yada. You know, you can get attacked for a tweet, right? And your tweet might be something that's very small and then it gets blown out of proportion. I've seen that happen with a lot of people that I deeply respect as well. And so it was unfortunate that it resulted in that, but I feel like I should have kept it up. I feel like I should have had a little bit more of a backbone in believing what I believe, which is truly that gifts are great, but kids don't really need the toys and they don't really care about them. And your experience may have been your experience and that can be true. And so is my experience. And I think that sometimes when we try to just, you know, keep the peace, uh, we end up losing a lot of sort of voice that people genuinely have and opinions. Now, I don't feel that way about everything. This is a silly little example about toys, but for me personally, uh, the, the moment of realization was, why did I feel like I had to delete that? Why did I feel like I, I didn't wanna share my opinion on that, right? Which is still a valid opinion. So that's all I wanted to say about that. And I would love for you to ask yourself, what is something that you did this year that you're kind of embarrassed about doing that you, know, you kind of regret doing and really just be honest with yourself in that. Maybe it's something that you did at work. Maybe it has nothing to do with social. Maybe it's something in your personal life. Whatever that is, you know, answer it for yourself, honestly, because I'm being totally honest here. Okay, so on to the next question. Hi friends, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do, whether it's on YouTube or Apple, wherever you get your podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and leave a review. It goes a really long way to other wonderful attorneys like you getting to find out about this podcast.
Thank you so much. I really appreciate your listening into this podcast. Next question. What is something that you struggled with this year? So one of my biggest struggles for 2022 beyond COVID was trying to figure out what my prices should be. And I know that what I do, whether it's automating your law firm, helping you get better fees, whatever that is, carries so much value with it. By value, I mean, okay, I can charge you something right now. You will make that money back this year. Then you will get the benefit of that thing for the next three years. So when you go through increasing your prices or figuring out what your prices should be, we create a plan for this year, the next year, and the year after of what your prices should be. And based on that, that's easily $100,000 in revenue. Now, am I gonna charge $100,000 for that service? No, but just in the next three years, you would make that amount of money from working with me. And I've really struggled with trying to figure out what that price point should be. I started the year at charging 1500 for it. Then I went up to 2,500. I will tell you that prices for everything are pretty much gonna double in 2023. So that price is gonna be closer to like 3,500, 5,000 for that service. And it's genuinely because I know that the value is there. Now my struggle is that I love working with women owned law firms and sometimes they can have a hard time justifying why they need to spend that right now. In their minds, they feel like, well, it's just prices, I just have to charge more and that's just what I'll do, I'll just charge more. But then the reality hits, which is you don't charge more and you feel scared about charging more and you don't know what you should charge and then you don't know how that increase in price affects the clients that you might bring on and the clients that you might work with. and. I know this for a fact, but women across the board, and this is probably, there's probably some statistic on this, but you know, charge less than their male attorney counterparts. And that's not something I'm okay with. And this is why I focus on working with women attorneys so that they can actually charge what their actual experience is. And it's been a really hard battle for me to figure out like, yes, I still wanna work with you, and you in your mind will have to know that there is value in making $100,000 over three years and paying 5,000, 10,000 right now so that you can make that money in three years. And I, it always feels a little bit slimy because I've seen coaches do it and I'm like, ugh, that feels so disgusting. Except I've had to tell myself, no, 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 this is actually tangible. Like if you charge 10,000 this year, 20,000 next year, like that is tangible value, that is very real. I'm not talking about your mindset, I'm not talking about your feelings. We are talking about very real prices that you're gonna to charge to your very real customers. And whether it's going from 500 an hour to 550 an hour, that is very real. And it's just been really tough for me to, to justify that in my own head. So for those of you who also struggle with increasing your prices, I do as well. And I've had to have some people just come and tell me, for what you do, you're charging too little. And for the difference that you make, you're charging too little. And that's good to hear. And so prices are going up for 2023 and, and it's been a struggle. I just want you to know, it's not just you. All right, so next question. What is something about 2023 that scares you? 
for me right now, I'm in the process of considering whether or not I want to go through a full rebrand and a full uh, migration of my website from Squarespace to um, from Squarespace to WordPress. That um, by the way, is like literally the COVID brain. So yeah, it's still here, y'all. It's still here. But anyway, uh, I have uh, talked to a lot of website experts about what SEO can do for my site. And if I'm gonna fully invest in something like SEO, then I really should be on WordPress. And even if I fully optimize my SEO on Squarespace, it would not be as good as doing uh, SEO on WordPress. So if I am migrating my website, that also means I will likely be migrating my entire brand all the photos, all the visuals. And when I think about all of the steps that need to happen for that, it feels a little bit overwhelming and a little bit scary, but I also know that it's an investment for the next five to seven years of this business. And if I'm going to do it, then now would be the time to do it instead of waiting another year, having recorded 50 episodes on the podcast that could be blog content for a blog for a blog and a website and then not getting the traffic and the credibility and the website credibility is what i mean uh, the google credibility and getting the google rankings for your law firm management automating your law firm you know all the things that i talk about on here and so it really is becoming a focus for me and i will tell you it scares me shitless like the idea of having to go through that entire process all over again is just scary. And I know I need to do it. And I'm just freaking scared, y'all. Like to sit and do another photo shoot to figure out what I'm gonna wear, to figure out what the theme of the photo shoot is gonna be because I don't just put a suit on and stand with my arms crossed with like a gray background. Like that I need photos that share my personality, that make you feel like I'm your friend uh, that you can talk to about your law firm without having to listen to what 20 episodes of this podcast. So uh, that is something that's scaring me. And I want you to ask yourself that same question. What is something that's scaring you for 2023 or something that you're like hesitant to do? And that, you know, is, is just a little bit um, frightening or nerve wracking for you. So what is something that you did in 2022 that you were proud of yourself for doing? So in 2022, I got 6,000 minutes on the Peloton. Now, I have in the past run two marathons in a year. I did New York and LA in 2016. I've done CrossFit. I've done all sorts of sort of physical activities. But this year in 2022 was the year that I was most consistent in my entire life. Never have I been more consistent than this. When I looked back at my 2022 Peloton numbers, I had worked out every single day, every single day between January 1st and May 31st or May 30th. I don't know if there was 31st or not y'all, but whatever that day is, I'd worked out every single day. I didn't miss a single day. I mean. That also means I didn't travel by the way, which I didn't travel for that part of the year, but I was 
On my Peloton, it didn't matter if it was for five minutes or 10 minutes or a 30 minute class or a 45 minute class or a 90 minute class. It literally didn't matter. I was on the Peloton every single day and that level of consistency, even the days that I felt terrible, I was hungry, I was cranky, I was tired, I was all of the seven dwarves, right? Like whatever it was I was feeling, I was on the Peloton. There are moments where I have cried on this Peloton. There are moments where I've laughed so hard. There are moments where I was just belting it out to whatever song was on the playlist for that particular class that day. Now, I'm sorry to my neighbors that you had to listen to me sing, but listen, I've had really great times on that thing and that thing has taught me consistency is the most important thing to not only my physical well-being, but also my mental well-being because the moment that I would get off the Peloton, I'd be like, wow, that felt so good. And it is the thing that has kept me very um, mentally healthy this year. And I did an entire season this year on, on mental health and fitness for me is one of those things that like I can just, I know I can get on it and I will feel better. And so I don't know where you are in a fitness journey, if you have one or not, but for me personally, that was my proudest moment. Being on that Peloton, being on it for 6,000 minutes, you know, it, it just felt so good when I saw that number and I was like, hey, that's, that's something to be proud of, right? I've had a lot of other really wonderful moments this year, just clients who I felt so grateful to be able to work with them. But from a personal perspective, having that accomplishment just felt really good, like really good. So ask yourself the same question. What is something that you are proud of that you did in 2022? Okay, this will be the final question that I want you to ask yourself on this look back episode for 2022 and looking forward into 2023, which is what was the best compliment that you got in 2022? For me, there are two that are tied here. Uh, the first, I presented at the Leadership Institute of Women of Color Attorneys, and I did a whole talk on looking at our lives as like a collection and not these moments in time, and how do you redirect from bad moments to swing yourself into something positive. And it, it was, I knew it, it was a very powerful talk. And then one of my colleagues who had actually asked me to speak was like, Nermeen, this was amazing. I almost started to tear up. And not only that, but I think you need to go on the road with this talk. Now, I haven't gone on the road with the talk. I don't foresee myself going on the road with this talk anytime soon. But to hear someone who I hold in such high esteem tell me that I need to take this everywhere. It just felt so good. Uh, it felt like I had the right conversation with these wonderful attorneys who probably didn't want to be in that room in a Ritz Carlton at 7 a.m. on a Friday after they had just had a gala the night before. But I will tell you, it it felt like one of the most powerful moments that I had, and that compliment really carried me through a lot of very tough moments in 2022. So ask yourself, what compliment did you get in 2022 that really affected you in a, in a really wonderful way? 
You know, the second one that I got was actually just a couple weeks ago and I was talking with another colleague that I hold in very high esteem. Uh, she's a financial planner and she definitely does things her way. She is different from a lot of other financial planners that I know. She, you know, mostly invests in, uh, in the market when it comes to businesses that are social good and have a positive environmental impact. And, you know, that's, that for me just says a lot about who she is as a person. And, you know, as we were talking, she was like, God, I mean, I think you're just the coolest and I think you're so smart and you just know so much. And I was just completely flattered, would never have expected it from someone like her in her position with, with as much as she knows, to get this kind of a compliment. So it felt really nice and reassuring to like hear that. And just to know that when you surround yourself with good people, you literally end up becoming a better person. So with that, I want to wrap up this episode, but I do want to deeply thank you for listening in to this season of the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, bearing with me as I have had some roller coasters this year. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your business. Thank you for scheduling the consults. And as always, you know, please do reach out to me. I am the only one who responds to my emails. I'm the only one who sees my emails. No one else sees them. So if you reach out to me, I can tell you 100% I'm gonna to respond to you. And I'm the only one who's going to see that email. So wherever you are in 2022, at this year end, I wish you an unbelievably, wildly successful 2023. And if ever you need me, I'm an email away, a consult away. So thank you so much. And that's everything sending you all the amazing energy for 2023. Until next season, bye Law Firm Owners. Hey Law Firm Owners, thanks so much for listening in to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. I so appreciate your support and being here. Please, please, please take two seconds to subscribe to the podcast or to leave a review. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter because I do send a lot of specials and offers and just cool things via email once every week. The link to sign up is below. Thank you so much again for supporting me. I am here to help you grow your wildly successful law firm. Thank you.